Welcome to the Human Conversation Podcast with Jules White, the real dragon slayer, author and entrepreneur sales coach. Tune in weekly for human conversation about business and sales. Enjoy business expert interviews, educational episodes and virtual cuppers with entrepreneur business owners. So grab yourself a cuppa and enjoy. Here is your host, Jules White. So welcome everybody to the Human Conversation. Um, I've got a fabulous guy with me tonight. He's from the US of A. Um, now, where are you, Scott, in the US? I live in Austin, Texas these days. Right, Austin, Texas. This is Scott Lease from Austin, Texas. Um, and he's the CEO and founder of Scott Lease Consulting. Is that right, Scott? That's right, yep. I did my- good. You did good, run my own consulting business. And I also run a, a business called Surf and Sales as well. So. Yes, so we're going to talk about that because that's exciting. Well, it's all exciting, really. But so obviously, Scott, you are um, in sales like I am. You know, not all my guests are from the sales place. Uh, so um, I'd, I'd really like to touch on a bit of sales in terms of your philosophy, your thoughts around sales. You kind of know mine. I came on your podcast, which thank you for having me as a guest. That was such fun. Um, So you kind of know where I come from on sales, I think, but we can, we can sort of bat that around, but tell us a bit about where you started because you know, there's always this bit, isn't there, where we sort of leave school or we leave education. Did you really know what you wanted to do? Yeah, no. Um, I think it's extremely common in the sales profession for people to just randomly end, end up here. It, you know, I, I, I wrote a book a few years ago called Addicted to the Process, and it's kind of geared for people who are just getting into sales or thinking about getting into sales. And the very first line of the book says, sales is the garbage can of jobs. <laughs> what I meant is like, it's just the place where all of everybody else's trash goes but there's some gold in there sometimes right it's like i had a liberal arts degree you know i i studied studied psychology and religion in school i had absolutely no idea what i wanted to do with myself or my life i just took those classes because that's what was interesting to me at the time yeah and i even continued that into higher ed i ended up getting a master's degree in learning and instructional technology again I didn't want to go work yet. So I felt like, well, I could, you know, go to grad school. That's still like a responsible thing to do, but I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and then, you know, my, my life took a very uh, significant sideways turn. I, I ended up getting extremely sick right before my 23rd birthday. Um, and I spent the next four years in the hospital fighting for my life. Oh, wow. I ended up with multiple, um, you know, immune deficiencies and uh you know i ended up with ulcerative colitis and then kidney stones all over the place and organs started to fail and i went from being a six foot two 195 pound athlete to six to 140 pound bedridden fighting for his life you know person for for years and uh, i've had nine surgeries now in my life uh, four major abdominal surgeries, two emergency life-saving surgeries. 
got addicted to opioids in the process of all of that, had to kick off all those drugs. And so by the time I was, you know, quote unquote, healthy um, and back, you know, into the real world, I had to figure out what the hell I was going to do with myself. And I was 27 years old before I started in, in sales. And it was the, the first real job that I ever had. I had only worked previously like coaching or playing sports. That was it. Yeah. And uh, so that's how I ended up in sales. I felt like all of my degrees that I had were completely useless. You know, I'd forgotten everything. I'm like, what am I going to do with myself? Well, I thought of sales because, you know, it's competitive. So that, com that, that competitiveness like appealed to the athlete in me. I understood that if you do really well, you get paid well. If you don't, you get fired. I understood that as an athlete. Like if I play poorly, I get cut from the team. Um, and so that was it. That's how I ended up in sales. This is not a traditional route whatsoever. I'm not one of these people that, you know, walked around the neighborhood selling candy bars or had a, you know, lemonade stand or anything like that. I had no interest in that stuff growing up. Do you know, I, lo I love some of the stuff in this. I don't love the fact you were poorly, by the way. That's, that's really not, not good at all. And, and I want to just ask something about that. But I, I love the fact that you did psychology. I'm so jealous because actually I would love to... No, as an, as an older adult, I would love to do something around psychology because I just am fascinated by people. Do you feel like the psychology has actually helped with your sales? Oh, 100%. You know, I, I had no idea at the time. So I don't want anybody to get the wrong impression and think that I, you know, had the foresight to think about that. Yeah. Um, but 100%, you know, now in the States, it's very common for people to get a psychology degree and then go get an MBA. And you sort of combine this understanding of human beings and human behavior and thought with real business, you know, acumen and the marriage of those two seems to set business people up uh, really well for success. So, you know, just knowing human emotions and behavior and how to listen. I mean, when I was in school, the dean of the psychology, um, you know, department at, at, at my university tried her hardest to get me to be a therapist. She was like, you're naturally gifted. People come to you and ask you for advice all the time. And, you know, you, you, you just get it. Right. And she really wanted me to go that route. Um, and I think that has helped me not just as a seller, but also as a leader. You know, um, I think I have a high degree of empathy for people based on some of the things that I've been through and then combine that with some of the understanding of how people learn. That's given me advantage in how I build and structure sales trainings and things like that. So um, I think absolutely. And, and I think anybody who has like, a psychology background or philosophy or um, maybe sociology or things like that. I think all of these kind of educational backgrounds that are traditional liberal arts, you know, non-business degrees, I think they really help as you move into to sales. Yeah, I, I, I think so too. And I don't have them. You know, I haven't got those qualifications, but I think I'm a bit intuitive to that stuff you know i think i'm pretty emotionally intelligent so right. i i almost wish i i should have done or could have done something i probably still could by the way scott i'm just yeah. not brilliant at that academic stuff you know i yeah. i much rather be doing business stuff 
when you became poorly was it just very sudden or, or or was this you know something that was genetic or what what happened it, it, it came out of nowhere and it was like somebody flipped a switch and and once the switch got flipped <clears throat> it wouldn't go off i mean i played two sports in college for four years was the captain of both teams you know played every sport you could think of when i was a little kid um you know, and I, I felt like I was invincible, right? Yeah. Like 22 years old, I'm in grad school, I'm, you know, two sport athlete, I'm in good shape. And then just boom, you know, and talk about like a humbling experience, mm. right? And you know, when you're that age, you're like, I had all sorts of crazy thoughts, like, you know, am I gonna, there's many times I didn't think I was gonna survive start thinking like you know oh my gosh i'm never gonna have a girlfriend again i'm never gonna get married i'm never gonna have kids you know and look i don't i am put together in a way that normal people are not put together right now like i i have no large intestine i have had a colostomy bag at times and that has been taken down now and they've restructured like my insides and so i, I don't i have all sorts of challenges even now that quote unquote normal people, you know, might uh, might not have. And they don't know the, the cause, you know, people don't know where some of these, uh, you know, diseases like ulcerative colitis or Crohn's disease, these autoimmune diseases come from, yeah. you know, is it genetic, you know, what was it diet? You know, this is 20 something years ago before things like you know, gluten-free diets and dairy-free diets, you know, were known and, and talked about. I didn't, I didn't know about any of that stuff. Well, turns out I'm allergic to like 41 different foods wow. of, of, you know, wheat, dairy, like all these things are a part of those things. So, you know, I could have been sort of slowly poisoning myself for 20 something years and, and not known it. Um, but, you know, I, I, I try not to, I try not to dwell too much on how it all happened and <clears throat> just been much more focused on, well, you know, what am I gonna do now? And, you know, I can, I can choose to let it kind of hold me down or I can turn it into some kind of superpower and try to share my story with other, with other people that, you know, even if you've gotten a late start in your career or if you've had lots of health challenges, um, you know, I'm, I'm sort of living, breathing proof that you can make it through it out the other side and, and Things might not ever be, you know, perfect, um, but they certainly can be okay, and and you can still have a, you know, successful career and somewhat happy life. It's amazing, honestly, and you know, we take so much for granted, Scott. We really, really do, and it's only when something hits us and then we have to go through, you know, some sort of adversity, that's when we start to really appreciate, you know, I think the smaller and the finer things in life, you know. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thrilled you've come through to where you have. I'm thrilled that we can share that part of your story because I think for the listeners that will be inspiring. Um, it is to me. Um, but I, I want to know what a daily uh, food plan looks like for you. What can you eat, Scott, you know? <laughs> the, the, the most, you know, basic uh, of things. I mean, the, the good news is that it makes me eat really healthy. So, you know, I'm not eating junk food. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> I basically can eat fruits and vegetables and protein. And that's about it. Yeah. And there's 
certain vegetables and fruit that I, um, that I have to avoid, but for the most part, I can have all of them. So, you know, I eat, um, eggs I can eat luckily. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I make smoothies all the time. Um, I, I can't, my body cannot process, uh, green leafy vegetables. So I can't eat salads. So in order for me to get greens, I stick it in a blender and mix it in with, you know, smoothie and that kind of stuff. But um, my favorite thing to eat that I can get away with is tacos because I can have chicken or meat and uh, I'm not allergic to corn. So I can have corn tortillas and beans are okay for me. And luckily I can eat, uh, you know, some, some rice. So, you know, I just make myself little tacos all the time, but uh, that I, I don't, good. It is a pain in the neck for me to try to go out to uh, restaurants and stuff like that. I got to yeah. be real careful about what they put in the ingredients. Yeah, I was going to say that must be really tough because I think as much as restaurants have adapted and actually they cater much better than they ever did, it's that whole process of you not really knowing what's in there, you know, yeah. and, that, and that's and, really and important. People, and people, you know, goof every now and then, and those goofs have bad consequences for people like me. And, it's not their it's not their fault really you know but um it just makes it a little bit scary the brutal part jules is that i have not had beer in like 20 years i was just gonna ask you about that <laughs> can you drink or, anything i drink tequila anybody everybody who knows me here knows that tequila scott is like that, that's <laughs> that's my thing that's the I one thing that. that i the one thing that i can drink so i've become a bit of a tequila aficionado and snob Lovely. I love that. That's such a great story. And um, so, you know, there's another element of this. We've talked about psychology, which feeds into sales. We've also now talked about mindset, haven't we? You know, big style. And um, so I feel like uh, that must have been a massive advantage for you in, in response to sales to have gone through that journey you've just told us about. Yeah. Well, if, I think if you combine the lessons I learned you know, as an athlete in terms of losing and failing and getting back up and trying again and again and again with, you know, the resiliency required to survive the, the health challenges that I had, you know, not to get like too morbid, but, you know, imagine being in the hospital for four years straight and not, you know, breathing fresh air and not knowing what's going on and, losing days on end because you were asleep and things like that. I mean, it, it's very, very difficult. And, and there's little things that I picked up and learned along the way, you know, such as stop worrying about the outcome, meaning being healed and start worrying about the process, meaning, okay, can I survive the next 15 minutes until the doctors come back? can I get to tomorrow because we're going to start this new medicine tomorrow? And so I, I, without knowing it, was really working on mindset and process and micro goals and, you know, baby steps that build up to the macro goal and things like that. Um, the one thing that I was able to do in the hospital, and again, remember, this is 20 something years ago. So there's no internet, there's no Netflix, there's no podcasts, there's no audio books, right? Like I did have paperback books that, you know, people would bring me. And so I read everything that I could, you know, uh, and that I think kickstarted 
some some learning for me, just like a desire to kind of learn. And I wasn't reading business books or sales books necessarily. I was reading Deutschkaevsky and like all sorts of whatever somebody brought me, you know, I would read. So I think I come out of all that now and I have this different mindset and mentality, right? And one of the things that I, I learned is I have nothing left to be afraid of mm -hmm. because most likely I have already faced down and defeated the hardest thing I'm ever going to deal with again in my whole entire life. So what do I care if somebody hangs up the phone on me, right? What do I care if I miss my quota? I'm a VP of sales. What do I care if I get fired from this job? Do you think that matters to me given what I've been through? And so mm -hmm. I just have this different perspective on things. And I also have a different sense of urgency than most people because I know what it's like to feel like you're on top of the world and have the rug completely ripped out from under you and have absolutely nothing. So I'm walking around every day going, I don't know how much longer I have, truly. And so I'm trying to do as many things as humanly possible and maximize every single moment, you know? So I, everybody who knows me would tell you, you know, I don't know how you do all these things, how you do that. You know, people tease me that I must have cloned myself and how, you know, you know I'm not, they're like, slow down, Scott, you know, you should rest. And I'm like, no, I, I don't want to rest. I already rested. I have to make up for lost time. So I think my sense of urgency is more heightened than other people. And, and the perspective that I have of, you know, we have very limited opportunities in this life. And so we need to make the most out of every single one. And I'm not going to spend my time doing something that doesn't excite me or I'm not passionate about. I'm going to spend my moments, you know, being productive and doing things that make me happy and so forth. And all of those things factor into the mindset required to be, I think, successful in sales, successful in, in leadership and successful as a um, entrepreneur and business owner now, just like, you know, you and I both are. Yeah, I love that so much. I want to share something around that, the whole urgency thing. Because obviously I haven't been through anywhere near your journey, you know, with personal health. But I lost my mum and my dad within three months. So I lost mum, you know, within three months, mum was diagnosed, we lost her. Within three months, dad was diagnosed and I lost him. And there's about a three-year gap between that happening. Um, that's probably been the hardest things I would say that, I've dealt with is losing my parents. When I lost my dad, I started to feel exactly what you just described about urgency. Um, I don't know why. I'd, maybe it just came from the fact that I saw within three months your life's gone, you know, when we didn't even expect it. And they, they weren't young, Scott, but the fact is they were fit and healthy and always there and driving and cooking and, and all of a sudden gone, you know. <laughs> Um, and I think that has definitely made me feel exactly as you described. I need to be on. I need to be doing. I, I want to do this and I want to make this work and I want to be successful. And, and I am 100 miles an hour. And, and I probably shouldn't be 100 miles an hour at times. But I totally resonate with what you've just said to me. That's exactly how I feel in my mindset. And I'm excited to feel that way, if that makes sense, you know. It makes total sense to me. I'm, I, I often talk to people who tell me that they wish I could lend some of that urgency or that, you know, enthusiasm to go, go, go yeah. over to them. 
you know, and I kind of tease them and say, well, I wish, I wish you could give me some of your chill. I, <laughs> yeah. I, have, I have a hard time just sitting still, you know? Totally, yeah. I don't look forward to, you know, the weekend so I can sit on the couch all day. Like that's, I'm not here for that. You know? No, I know. I, I totally get it. So I want to talk about your business in terms of, you know, your thoughts around sales. Um, my uh, upbringing in sales, I've had 32 years in sales, as you know, was very much about transaction, process and uh, figures, targets, revenue. And I get that's what drives sales. I get that. But I always felt there was just this big chunk missing, which was a bit about relationship and connection and that human stuff, which actually you've mentioned with the whole psychology piece in, in a sense. So everything I do is actually really focused on that as opposed to the other stuff. You know, I've almost gone the other way with it. Tell me about sales, your thoughts and, and what I've just said to you. You know, um, so here I am, I'm, I'm 27 years old, I, I get into sales, I have no idea what I'm doing. There's not communities like LinkedIn and things like that. The amount of the knowledge share just wasn't the same. And I didn't get any kind of formal training or anything like that. And uh, I never have went through any of these fancy formal sales trainings that are out there like spin selling and Sandler sales and all of these things. I. I'm kind of anti-establishment. Like I don't, you know, I kind of rebel. So when people are like, oh, you should read all these things that are like the 10 commandments. I'm like, oh, like I don't relate to that at all. You know, <laughs> um, I had long hair down to my chest and a big beard when I, when I was younger playing soccer and everybody would call me Jesus and a hippie. And all these <laughs> you know, I, nowadays people tell me I look half homeless all the time. Like, <laughs> not gonna I'm not that formal education kind of guy what what I did have though was an understanding of like how to make people change their thinking and their and their behavior and so as I started going about selling it all related to my experiences with recovery and the addiction process and if anybody, you know, is listening, has gone through that or is going, going through it themselves or, or with family and friends, you know that you can't just tell somebody they have a problem and then they immediately go change it. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. Nor can you just walk up to somebody and say, hey, I found this rehab facility for you. It's amazing. And they're like, oh, perfect. Off we go. It doesn't work like that, right? So I started my, my sales career by by thinking, how can I get Jules to kind of admit to me that she has a challenge or a problem? So I, I got to ask these kind of questions to learn more about her business rather than me just saying, hey, Jules, I was on your website. I saw that it was terrible. Uh, would you like <laughs> right? Like, he no. doesn't really mean that, listeners. He doesn't really <laughs> no, mean, I mean that. <laughs> for example, for example, yeah. Um, but rather than doing that, it'd be like, well, Hey, you know, Jules, I was on your website. I noticed that there's no, uh, chat bot on there. Is there any reason for that? And I just start the conversation. Right. And eventually Jules be like, yeah, you know, I really need to get, you know, better at communicating quickly with prospects who are on the site. Okay. Well now she's admitted she has a problem to me. And that's like the first step, but we all know 
oh, I shouldn't say that, many of us know functioning addicts or alcoholics who know they have a problem, but don't really see like there's any value or urgency to fixing this particular problem. They're not at risk of losing their job or their family or anything like that. Or they just don't even understand what difference it makes health-wise or something like that. So now that I got somebody to admit they had a problem to me, I would spend time educating them and try to make them understand why they should even care about this particular issue or this problem. And once I got them to kind of admit they have a problem and understand why it's important, now I would try to help them understand that this is a pretty big deal. Like this is not a little paper cut, like you got a pretty bad, you know, wound here on your finger and we need to do something. We need to stitch it up, right? Yeah. And that's where the urgency piece would come into play. And I found that then and only then would people be open to listening to my solution or, or my product or what I do. And so without knowing it, that was how I started selling. And over time, I refined it to, to this process that I wrote about in my book. Yeah. It's the, my addiction model of selling. You've got to get somebody to admit they have a problem then understand the value of solving this problem, feel the sense of urgency behind it, and then and only then are they open to hearing about your solution and your product. And I do everything in that particular order. And I just stumbled upon that, you know, and it was working for me as an individual contributor when I got moved into a sales management role. That's how I started teaching folks. And I apply it as a VP in transactional sales environments. Then I started applying it in mid-market and low enterprise environments. And now, you know, as I run my consulting business, I'm applying it all over the place in enterprise orgs, you know, transactional orgs, uh, Australia, New Zealand, America, all over the place, right? Across different verticals. So that, that's my overarching philosophy around sales and to your point it is much more in my opinion about the human human connection i'm not throwing something down your 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 throat right or yeah. pushing something upon you it is it is a series of questions that turn into a conversation and eventually somebody says to me well what do you what do you do like i, I suppose you can help me with all this kind of thing all right well yeah, let's talk about that. And that's, that's worked very well for, for me. I, I love that you've, you weren't trained because I reckon that was a huge advantage for you <laughs> to just find your own way. <laughs> well, it, it's only an advantage now because I made it out and was able to succeed. Yeah, I, I know. I, don't, I, know. I, I, don't, I don't recommend people go get into sales and don't get any kind of training. Yeah. But to your point, though, like I didn't get any bad habits from somebody else, right. you know, and I didn't try to apply all these, you know, methodologies from 10, 15, 20 years prior to me getting in the industry that right. didn't feel right to me. Yeah. And, and one of the things I tell people is, you know, wh whether, you know, Jules methodology or Scott's methodology or Sandler's methodology is the one you use. I really feel like you have to vibe really well with this particular philosophy or methodology, and it has to match and mirror who you are as a person. And, and if when you find that, that method or that person whose teachings and words like suit you, I think you go all in with that 
and you stick with that and you don't need to confuse yourself with all these other things. Yeah, I, I talk I to so many people early in their career and they're like, oh, I, I read 47 different books on sales and now I'm so confused, like which one to follow up. Like, oh God, yeah, I wish yeah. you wouldn't have done that, right? Yeah, yeah. So. That's a really good point though, isn't it? You know, I think in this search sometimes for knowledge, I think people do read too many different versions and then actually they do end up quite confused. <laughs> you know, that really can happen. You see, you see that in all other areas of life too. Like do you ever go to the market and, uh, you know, they have like 30 different fish options and you're like, Oh my God, I don't know what to pick. Or you ever, you ever go to, you ever go to the pub and they have like, 200 pints on tap and you're like ah i don't know which one right <laughs> no but you you have tequila won't you scott I have tequila, yeah. <laughs> if there's too many options of tequila i just stare at the thing and i'm like i don't know what to i don't know what to pick but if you just present me with a couple that and, yeah. and one of them is what i like i'm like okay that's the one that's my one it's easy yeah. it is it, easier i have clarity then yeah. yeah, and I think we need an element of choice, but too much is just mind blowing, isn't it, for us? So yeah, that's a that's a better way to put it than I. Yeah, would. and and then I kind of add in the whole UHP conversation that we had on your podcast, you know, which is this unique human proposition, which I've kind of completely made up, but I really love, um, which is where it's the same as what you've said. It's almost you take whichever methodology you feel is really right for you, and you almost then make it yours you know and put your stamp on it and and that's one of my passions is that every salesperson almost feels different because they're just yeah. being uniquely them so that's what uhp is driving towards you know from my perspective yeah i i just love that you've created your own thing and you haven't and, and you haven't uh you know tried to recycle somebody else's thing so i'm i'm a big fan of of sales leaders who just think differently and try to get creative um, because so much of this stuff has been said the same way for 20, 30 years. So yeah, yeah. Good, on, good on you for, for coming up with UHP. Oh, well, thank you. And I, I definitely had to be different whatever I was going to do. It had to feel different to what I'd had for the last 30 years in, in my career, you know, cause that just didn't feel right. So, and um, so, Obviously, we have to mention the P word. No, actually, we don't have to. But you know what? We're, we're in the middle of pandemic right now. And we still are. And I am going to say we're in the middle of it because it's all over the place over here. We're shutting down again in certain towns. I'm sure you're seeing similar where you are, Scott. Um, um, what, yeah. what, what do you think it's done uh, to sales? Do you think it's um, defined uh, a new future for sales? I don't know if it's defined a new feature or not. What, what I think it's done is it has um, exposed mediocrity in, in, in a really brutal, painful way. Um, I think mediocre sales reps have found themselves out of a job. I think mediocre sales organizations have fallen to bits because they didn't have the right things set up. I think mediocre sales leaders have not been able to, you know, maintain momentum and I think mediocre companies and mediocre products haven't been able to get the, the results. And I, but I think really good products and really good leaders and really good salespeople are still selling and still, and still thriving, if not surviving. Mm. Um, and I hope this doesn't come off as, 
as callous because there's a lot of people out there struggling and, and hurting who have lost their jobs. I don't know about the UK as much, but here in, in America, it's a, it's a mess. Mm. Um, and so I feel badly, but you know, that, that has been the biggest kind of change. I think is all of these old people who just kind of were like ho-hum or didn't care too much or didn't put the right amount of time in or whatever you're in big trouble, you know? And, and now there's like 10, 20, 30, 40 people per open role for sales here in the States. And, you know, you go through an interview process with me and you're mediocre and I have 35 other candidates for this one job. Mm-hmm. I'm going to find somebody who's a superstar yeah. and I don't have to hire somebody who's meh or just kind of okay. Yeah. So I think, people are really having to find new and creative ways to, um, to stand out, to increase and grow their, their skill set, uh, to participate and get more active in different communities. So, you know, I think there's been an explosion of things like, you know, daily webinars and, um, <clears throat> you know, ask me anything type sessions and trainings and things like that. You and I have both participated in a bunch of them. Yeah. Um, there's all these micro communities that have sprouted up. Um, you know, there's revenue collective, there's revenue genius. I host an event called Thursday night sales. Yeah. Every, it's, every it, Thursday night. it needs to be earlier so that I can come. I keep telling you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Jules, you have the ability to create a UK version of this. <laughs> I do. This is true. I might just do it. <laughs> will you come uh, on if I do? <laughs> yes, I will come on if you do. Yes. Um, but people, I think, are searching for this, this connection and this, and this growth and these learning opportunities and, and so forth. So those have been the, the two biggest things to me is this exposure of mediocrity and the casualties they're, they're in. And this, the rise of like constant free learning opportunities that people, you know, have at their fingertips. And hopefully people are taking advantage of, of these things and, and sharpening their skills because it's a, it's a, it's a difficult time you yeah. know, for a lot yeah. of people. It's a difficult time, but equally what you've just said is that there's an amazing array of knowledge out there for them to, to catch up on right now, isn't there? Every single day. I mean, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but I would be willing to bet a lot of money that if you and I spent an hour hunting around, we probably could have found three or four events to attend today for yeah. free yeah. and listen to sales leaders from all over the world talk about what's working, what's not working, new and latest trends. I could have been networking, you know, in the chat bot and, and and in these different communities with everybody, growing my network, learning from them, hearing about open roles, right? All of this stuff. And I, I mean, I do all this stuff now and I'm not even looking for a job. Yeah, yeah exactly. But that's because you're you, isn't it? That's your whole ethos. It's wonderful. I want to just, um, I want to talk about, um, well, just quickly, it seems natural for us to say, and actually, you know, the transatlantic throwdown was such a great example. You know, we may as well just say, because that's actually where I first saw you, because the boys were being the boys, the UK versus the US boys, in this wonderful event, which was hosted by the fabulous Daryl Prowl, 
who looks yeah. wonderful with his beard. I must make sure I plug that. It's fabulous. <laughs> um, and he's such a great host. And so he put on this event, which then I, you know, I watched it back. And you, US guys, oh my goodness, you absolutely smashed the UK out of the park. I mean, honestly, you really did. You were brilliant. And then I was approached to go on The Girls Be The Girls, which was fantastic how, how exciting that they picked me um, and we had such an amazing time it was so good and the audience voted for the winners but the audience learnt so much from us I mean I'm, that's not a big-headed statement but oh my yeah. goodness how much gold was there in those events yeah I mean I've <clears throat> I've re-watched both of those and because the first time through like I missed things you know, yeah. I mean, when I was participating, I missed a ton. And then during the, the women's event, I missed a ton. I was taking notes, but like, you know, everybody's talking fast and yeah. there's so many just like amazing little mic drop kind of moments and everything. You know, between the two events, we had damn near 1,500, 2,000 people yeah. in attendance on those events. Globally, right? from around uh, the world, wasn't yeah. it? And that was a, that was, that's a, those are perfect examples of, you know, um, salespeople and sales leaders, you know, giving back, trying to be helpful, creating a community, keeping it fun and different and interesting, and just trying to deliver value. And, and hopefully people, you know, if they have, if they haven't checked those out, they should, they should go in. And I'm going to put, I'm going to put the links in so that they can see those because they're amazing. And okay. Um, surf and sales. Yeah, yeah. I love sure. this. Tell me, I actually want to come, but obviously at the moment, you know, we're a bit yeah. stuck, but. Mate, that makes two of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, surf and sales is, uh, looking at where we are now with the pandemic and everything, I mean, we were, we're ahead of our time a little bit because the whole, we started this in, in late 2017 because we didn't like the idea of these mega conferences with a hundred thousand people, right? Whether it's Dreamforce or I forget the one in the, in London that is so massive all the time, but there's conferences everywhere. Right. And you know, you go to the same cities and the same hotels and it's all, it's the same and everybody's trying to pitch you and people are running around to parties. And you know, if you're a business owner and you send your salespeople there, they come home with like maybe a couple of business cards and a hangover yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that's about it. And so my, my co-founder and I, Richard, Richard Harris, were like, how come nobody has a conference for sales and sales leaders in a cool place like Costa Rica? Right. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I mean, I would, I would much rather go do that. I'm like, and why does it have to be, you know, from 8 AM to like 9 PM, with me sitting in the conference room somewhere trying to stay awake. Like if I'm going to go somewhere, I want to have a little bit of a vacation while I learn. Right. And so, you know, he was like, well, yeah, why don't you, uh, why don't you create it, Scott? I'm like, well, maybe I will. And maybe you should help me, you know, build it. So that was, our, that was where it started. And so, you know, I'm a, I'm a avid surfer and, um, you know, I'm like, well, why don't I put this thing together in Costa Rica? Why don't we rent a couple houses right on the water, hire some local surf instructors to teach everybody, hire some locals to get, you know, all the local food and drinks and they cook for us and they clean for us and all, all the stuff. And we go on some fun adventures like zip lining and 
go into town and things like that. And so we bring, you know, 16, 17 people, plus there's three hosts. So there's a group of 20 of us. And it's a small, intimate group of people who are all kind of like-minded, right? Who want to go learn, but they also want more of an experience than just going to this, you know, mega conference. They're mm. going there to spend five, six days in a row with people like you and I, right? Imagine the conversations that you and I can have if we're in the same room in this tropical environment where our creative juices are, are flowing and we're more open and relaxed, right? And then, you know, we've, we've had a couple, couple drinks and your, the ideas and creativity are flowing. You leave there with 20, you know, best friends almost Absolutely. that will do anything for you to help promote your book, refer clients to you. We've had people hire each other from, from these events, right? And so it's just like such a powerful networking experience. Would I rather do that or would I rather collect random business cards at the Hilton Hotel in, you know, St. Louis or someplace like that, right? And so we've, we've had four of them. We sold all four of them out. We've got a lot of sponsors. We snuck one in in February this year before oh. everything shut down. So feel really blessed for that. But we had three others planned this year that you know are are not going to happen but the good news is when we're all able to travel and do things again i think we're really well positioned because i think it'll be a long time before you or i want to go inside into a conference with a hundred thousand people yeah but to go outside to the beach with 15 to 20 people to get more powerful learning and training on sales and sales leadership and career advice I think that there, there's a big pent up demand for that right now. And every single day I have people messaging me, hurry up and run a circus. <laughs> like I need to get the hell out of here. Right. Yeah. I think it sounds amazing. Um, and I, I actually think you would come home and you would never quite be the same. That's how I feel. Well, I, I, I can <laughs> refer you to about uh, 80 people who come who, who would concur with that. Yeah. And I yeah. definitely want to come to the next one. So I'm going to have to, Stay in touch be, with you. <laughs> it would be amazing. If you come, I would be asking you to lead a session. You know, it's not oh. just me and Richard training. That's one of the beautiful things is, you know, we have people like you come. Okay, Jules, you get to do a session. And, you know, Daryl comes. Daryl runs a session. So I'm not going there to just teach for a week. I yeah. want to learn. I want to learn as well. So we're all kind of, you know, teaching each other. And, yeah. and it's just Sounds a, amazing. It's a wonderful experience. Sounds amazing. Well, look, um, I absolutely would love to talk to you all night. I mean, I really mean that. You probably hear me say it on all my podcasts, but I, it, my guests are fascinating, and you very much are. I want you to be able to tell the listeners um, how you can work with them and, and how they connect with you. So how, how would do I work with you? Well, that's slightly complicated, so allow me <laughs> to explain. Um, my primary business, I work with early stage companies who are trying to scale from zero to 25 million um, in, in, in revenue. That's my main consulting business. I serve as a strategic advisor to a half dozen to a dozen companies around the world at any given time. Um, but I also have started doing a lot of private sales coaching. So I work with CEOs and VPs and SDRs and AEs as well. Um, so 
you know, if you're interested in any of those kind of services, if you run a business that, you know, is looking to build a foundation in, in their sales team to help grow and scale, I've done this many times before. I did it six times as an operator. Um, five times I got over 20 million in under three years. I've done it dozens of times now as an advisor to companies. I've had multiple exits. So I've got a good track record of doing that kind of stuff. Um, as far as how to get a hold of me, I'm very active on, on LinkedIn. Um, I recently started my own Patreon group, which yeah, is, I saw that. Yeah, it's been really fun and it's, it's a lot easier for me to communicate with people because you know, there's like 120 people right now in my Patreon group, as opposed to 54,000 in my network on, on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. So it's a, a little less noisy. So easier for me to kind of communicate with people. But, um, one of the things that I'm, I sort of pride myself on with my, my brand, if you will, is that I'm very accessible. So anybody who sends me messages, I might not get to it right away, but I make a point to get to every single message and respond to everybody. So if anybody out there is listening and, and wants to reach out to me, uh, please do so. And I, I promise you, I'll get back to you. And we will put the links into this podcast anyway, so people can do that. And, and we're so like-minded in that way, because I'm the same. You know, I, I want to make sure I respond to everybody um, if they reach out to me. And some days that's really tough, <laughs> but other it, days, I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. it, it feels like a full-time job sometimes. Yeah, you know? it does. But it's very worth it. I always say, you know, you, you never know who you might be able to help and you never know who might be able to help you. No, exactly. exactly. Might, as well, might as well communicate with as many people as you can. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and I'm going to be starting a membership in September. So I know you're going to be proud of me. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> because it's the same as you. It's that more intimate space where I can kind of feel closer. And um, do you remember, have you met Travis King? Travis King, absolutely. He helps me with all of uh, the Surf and Sales podcast episodes. Yeah. Okay, so Travis, I went on his podcast and we met on LinkedIn and we chatted and he's just fabulous. I love him. And he came onto my podcast and we talked about Dunbar's number. And I posted about it on LinkedIn today, actually. And don't know if you've ever heard of Dunbar's number. Have you I heard of like, that? I feel like I've heard of it, but I, I could not tell you what it is right now. And I'll have to go look at your post. Yeah, have a look at the post. Um, but it's basically the fact that you really, really can't engage fully with more than 150 people. I mean, it's mm. a guesstimate, but it's a really good example. And then so you'll have like five really intimate friends. You'll have 15 best friends and you'll have 50 people that, you know, you are really connected with and 150 who you can engage with you know but then beyond that you you can't you might know them but you can't possibly engage with them in the way that you might want to you know and it's really interesting yeah you're gonna love it because it, it's it it's totally why you have patreon totally why i want a membership is that kind of piece where I can just be more intimate with a smaller number of people. That's, that's how I see it in terms yeah. of my membership. So yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll send you the link for the post. You can have a look at it. Yeah, um, so uh, I'll put the links in how they can connect with you, Scott. Um, we've covered so much in this podcast. I've loved this human conversation. Um, and thank you. Thank you for your time. Yeah, thanks um, for having me on. What's your last final parting thoughts for our listeners oh boy <laughs> um, i 
trying to be thoughtful with my with my response here, and I'm going nowhere. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I think my my response would be. Um, I think that now is the time, and there's never been a better time to build and grow your network, and put that network to good use. This is there's. I think gone are the days where you know it's a point of pride to like bang your head against the wall all by yourself until you figure things out. Yeah. Um, none of us need to do that anymore, right? Here we are, you know, six months ago, you and I had never met, right? And now, you know, we've kind of co-partnered on the transatlantic stuff. You've been on my show, I've been on your show. You know, I think the world of you, I would refer <laughs> business, I would refer business to you, like, you know, I name drop you all the time when people say who's the leader here and who's the leader there. That's just one example yeah. of of how connected the world, you know, can be now. And I think there's still far too many people who are not taking advantage of these different platforms, whether it's LinkedIn or Patreon or even Twitter um, or these other communities like Rev Genius and Revenue Collective and Sales Hacker and things like that. I mean, there is just a treasure trove of knowledge and wonderful people out there who will be willing to help you without ever asking for anything in return. Yeah. Uh, and so not pursuing building your network i think is a grave mistake right now yeah i love that wise words as well really wise words i didn't mention the surf and sales podcast we sort of did but we need to just make sure everybody knows it's called the surf and sales podcast because that was the show i was on with you and you guys are great it's you and richard harris you're kind of this double act aren't you it's super <laughs> We're very different people and it works, uh, it works well. We're like uh, the odd couple or something. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> Scott, it's been lovely, absolutely lovely. Thank you so much for joining me. I've loved it. Um, and listeners, I hope you've really enjoyed listening to this inspiring man, because um, he really is. He's very inspiring. Um, if you've listened to this on whatever platform you've listened to, like it, subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud. So yeah, come, come and join me again in the next episode of The Human Conversation. Until then, ta-ta for now. You've just been listening to The Human Conversation podcast with Jules White. To find out more about the other work that Jules does, please visit her website, www.liveitloveitsellit.co.uk. And if you enjoyed the podcast, then please do leave a rating and review on the platform you use to enjoy her show. Thanks for listening and see you next time.